What's that sound, James? That is a TIE fighter. Close. It's a TIE fighter doing an impression of a lightsaber. Oh, man. Yeah. I always, always get me on the uh, impersonations. <laughs> so this is a two th- it's from 2005, but it's a Force Effects Darth Vader lightsaber. So I've had it for almost, God, almost 20 years. It's crazy. Um, but it is relevant to today's topic because we are going to talk about the different ways the fights were choreographed and shot and performed across the three Star Wars saga trilogies. Is that what so, we're doing this week? I thought do, this week was 10 that. ways Adam Driver could come back as in, in the Ray movie. Is that is that not this week? No, we're not looking for the views. Come on. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, All but right. yeah, so we're going to have a discussion later sort of comparing <laughs> how the lightsaber fights were done across the trilogies. Now, we're not going to focus on the, you know, fighting styles, the in-story story stuff. We're going to be talking about how the fight chore- uh, choreographing teams and the stunt teams and the directors decided to shoot and uh, write and film and perform the lightsaber Some would call battle. that the fighting styles. Yeah, the fight. How? Yeah, the best. Which Star Wars trilogy had the best lightsaber fighting style, if we want to do it that way? But I don't want to make it like a competition. I just sort of yeah. want to talk about how really all three trilogies had quite a different feel in terms of the lightsaber it's, fights. Also, I'll mention something uh, quickly. I, I came across a clip after you sent over the topic, but before we started recording of Mark Hamill talking about the fighting style of the original trilogy. And he said something that I had never heard before. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. What okay. are the odds that this would come across? You're going to save right it now. The, for later? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll save All it right. Later. All right. Um, before we get going, I'm John, that's James. And uh, we are the resistance broadcast with, of course, Lacey Gillerin who is easing her way back into the base. You'll see Lacey live on Thursdays, and then pretty soon she'll be back with us full time. Uh, but we are here to talk to you about Star Wars. So thank you for listening, watching, being a part of TRB. Uh, means a great deal to us. We hope you enjoy the podcast, and uh, we look forward to a great year in 2024 talking Star Wars, as we always like to do. Uh, make sure you do subscribe to the podcast, whether that's on your preferred audio podcast app Obviously, Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, Amazon, Podbean, wherever you get your podcasts, make sure you're subbed there. Hopefully, you told some friends over the holidays. And if you'd like to rate us, that'd be cool, too. But also the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at the resistance broadcast. Check us out there for videos. And we're going to be doing a lot more shorts and stuff like that this year as we look to grow the channel in addition to everything else. And then the last thing, uh, our Patreon. Um a lot of big plans coming up this year for our Patreon. If you want to support the podcast, get some more exclusive episodes, uh, some commentaries. We have a Discord server, exclusive merch, a lot of cool things over there. Check it out. Patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Tiers start at just five bucks. And as we get into our first segment of the day, James will tell you one of the things you can do as a patron. So, James, <laughs> let's fire up our dear sightless friend cheer it in with here we go i fear nothing for all this as the force wills it 
That's right. As John mentioned, this is Will of the Force. This is the segment where we pitch questions uh, and guess whether something will or will not happen in Star Wars. Now, in addition to the questions that we pitch, we also have our TRB Patreon supporters who can submit questions and make it onto the show. And it's like the basic tier to be able to submit questions. So if you want to join, join at that $5 level, and then you can start submitting questions onto the show, just like this guy did. We're going to kick it off with Commander Derek Smith, who sent over the question, uh, will we see Sith holocrons being accessed in the Acolyte? Um, I'm going to, I'll kick it off right away. Right. Here we go. Yes. Uh, man, I, I border on, this has got to be like a 90% chance, um, that I just think that when you're dealing with all of this stuff, now they may bring in other dark side, um, artifacts and other things like that, uh, that could be pretty cool. But I just have this feeling that they're going to mention that there has been this lineage of Sith possibly like in the background, you know what I mean? And they're like, but what do we know about it? Well, we only know what we know from these holocrons, but you can't, you're not allowed to look at them and stuff. And I just feel like all of that, uh, history of the dark side feels like something that is basically uh, a textbook. And they're going to say, the question is, are, is anybody ever going to go in and look up the history of the Sith in this show? And it's like, yes, <laughs> that it, it, it feels like it has to happen. Um, Cause it just feels like the premise of the show might as well be rewritten as uh, a bunch of Jedi <laughs> find themselves accidentally stumbling across Sith holocrons <laughs> and then yeah. craziness ensues. But what's your take on this, John? Um, I'm saying like a 90% chance uh, unless the, st- the show is just like, whoa, not really how we thought it was going to be like. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. I, I think even more than 90%. I, I would be shocked if we don't get a Sith holocron in this you can be shocked period. at ninety percent. Hmm. Yeah, we could be. I <laughs> if you and, and if anyone's watched Russian Doll, like Leslie Headland likes to do weird stuff. You know, right. that the time travel and the alternate realities and you know weird odd mindsets and and, Ronnie, and that, how, how far did you get in that show? I started the second season. I don't know that I finished it, but I really liked the first season. I really liked the first season. And that second season is tough. Yeah. I, I, I forced I don't my way why. through it just yeah. to finish it. But oh, I was like, yeah. I just don't care like about yeah. anything that's going on in this second season. Maybe that's season. when she got her Star Wars gig and she's like, eh. Owned it in a little on the second one. But I was just my, like, my, it's so weird. She's different people now. I don't even understand what's happening. But my... um. The, the main point is, I, I definitely think we'll get some Sith holocrons. It wouldn't shock me if we even got other weird stuff. Like, do you remember that Vader comic um, where, like, the mask, like, resuscitated the spirit of, like, Lord Momin or something like that? Yeah. And, and Vader's castle. Oh, I expect stuff like that for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're going to get all sorts of weird stuff. And we might even find ourselves questioning, did, was that real or is that not real to help the mystery of the story um, keep us guessing. So I think yeah. we're going to get a lot of weird stuff. And I think Sith holocrons are just going to be one of the uh, easy 
boxes to check for sure. So great question, Derek. And, and uh, I don't know what you think, but I think the two of us are pretty sold that it's happening. Yeah. And uh, thanks for submitting the question. Yeah. And thanks for submitting the other question. Commander Steve Bowman uh, sent us over this question. Uh, will the villain or villains in the new Ray movie use a lightsaber as their primary weapon or will we move on from lightsaber duels? I feel like, John, you're even more than 90% on this one for lightsaber duels <laughs> and how they have to be in Star Wars. Am I right? What are we thinking here? <laughs> Yeah, of course, man. I mean, just on the surface level, lightsaber duels are part of the DNA of Star Wars. I know we've had branched out a bit and there are elements of Star Wars that don't feature lightsabers or lightsaber duels. But when it comes to those big movies, especially one with Rey in it, she's got her new lightsaber. She's got to have a duel with somebody and it can't just be some peon who she's going to cut up in the first act. And I'm not saying it has to be the big bad, but it could be a very formidable villain or multiple villains that she has to have battles with. And just from the movie going experience, the big lightsaber duel is a very theatrical event. And it's always something that captures our attention and our imagination because lightsabers in a, in a very simple word are cool. And it's another great way of telling the story as well. And we'll get to, um, more talk about lightsabers a bit later and how they've been used to help as a storytelling device um, with the battle styles and all that. But uh, I, I think without a question, no question about it, uh, the new new villains or villain in Star Wars uh, will have a lightsaber of some kind and there will be lightsaber duels. Yeah, I I think that there will be. I'm saying yes on this. I'm saying if there is not a lightsaber, the the main villain using the lightsaber, I still think that there will be a sword fight, all a um, like Ahsoka going up against the uh, oh, what's her name, the uh, the Shin mistress. Uh, no, in the in the Mandalorian. Oh, Morgan Elsbeth. Morgan Elsbeth. Yeah. Yeah. She was using a a weapon that you know was not a lightsaber, but it still felt like a, a, a duel, a sword fighting duel. It was the best guard. I, I think, yeah. Yeah. I think that you could have something like that probably pass as like the, the big epic sword fight showdown. But I think at the end of the day, you're right that we're going to see the person use a lightsaber. Um, but my thing is this still doesn't necessarily point to this person needing to be a force user because I think one of the coolest things that Star Wars does is when you have the villain that isn't the force user. And this is what I'm asking. I'm just presenting the idea. Um, but when you have that person that is the big villain that isn't the that is, doesn't have the superpowers or doesn't have the thing, I, I think that's really cool. And some of the coolest versions of that in Star Wars have been uh, characters that use a lightsaber despite the fact that they don't have any force powers mm -hmm. um, which is happening in the High Republic but it also happened with Scar Squadron uh, that group of stormtroopers where the leader was like the leader because he carried a, a lightsaber it also happened with the uh, Knights of Ren um, they don't have force uh, powers but the leader of the Knights of Ren you know had a, a red blade and stuff and then it just kind of like set him 
apart as the the leader because he was he had this symbol of leadership with him. So I, I think that using a lightsaber in that way um, is really cool, and it's just another way that they could uh, change things up for the movie and make it a little bit different, but still being like, come on, it's lightsabers, mm-hmm. you know, it's still Star Wars. Um, and I honestly thought that might even kind of be the way that Ryan Johnson's movie was going to go back, uh, when we would have conversations about, you know, how can you make star Wars so completely different and yet it still be star Wars. Mm-hmm. We were, we would talk about things like lightsabers, um, still being involved. So, uh, I think we're both saying yes on this one and, uh, uh, but possibly, for a little bit different reasons. Still could be cool, no matter what yeah. they do. Um, thanks for the question, Stephen. And we're going to get on to one of our other patrons' questions because we're doing all Patreon questions this week. That's right, really cool. baby. Um, this next one is coming from Commander Michael Fry. Uh, Michael sent us over the question, will we see a High Republic Jedi portrayed in the upcoming Tales of the Jedi? Perhaps Porter Engel or Sav Mulligan? Uh, the pirate Jedi. Um, I looked up Sav, but I couldn't find the last name. I'm assuming it's Malik Maligan. I'm assuming, but mm-hmm. um, both characters are awesome, cool characters. Uh, I love them both. Um, I hope they would show up, uh, but I think it's a bit of a gamble to s- assume either one of those. Uh, I, but I am going to say I am. Oh man, it's tough we're dealing in this one small little section of fandom. That's like, it's all not very big. Okay. We, I get that tales of the Jedi on a paid service, Disney plus, you know, it's like a very small amount of people are going to see this. So it's really just for like, uh, hardcore fans of star Wars, but I still am like, are they going to get it? Like I'm thinking the average person that is just a casual star Wars fan that is like, Oh, tales of the Jedi. What's that? Oh, I remember this. I saw this last year. These were cool. They put it on and they're like, who, who is this last year? It was Ahsoka and count Dooku. Like that's cool. But like now we're starting to get into questioning whether like high Republic Jedis are going to show up or like random possible background ones from Phantom Menace. I still have a feeling that they're going to stick with like the core characters if they're only going to move forward with two of the characters um, a season. Um, probably sticking to ones that had arcs in um, like Clone Wars or something like that because they know that the animation fans will probably be on board for that. Uh, but High Republic is still even below that with basically books and comics. So... As much as I'd like to see it, I'm going to go with no uh, for a High Republic Jedi being portrayed in Tales of the Jedi. Mm. Kind of thinking yes when I started. Now I talked myself out of it. Yeah. But there are a lot to choose from in that era. Probably even more so than the prequel era. Can you believe it? What do you think, John? Um, I I do not think they will. Um, just based on how the Tales of the Jedi story is constructed and how they weave in a lot of other characters. Right. Um, and how the focus of Tales of the Jedi, like the first set of episodes was like, all right, we're doing a batch on Ahsoka and stories revolving her life. And then we're doing a batch on Dooku and stories revolving around his life. Um, 
if you're going to do High Republic, then that whole series of episodes would have to probably take place around that era unless you do like Yoda and you're like, well, here's Yoda in the High Republic and then we're going to put in a couple of these characters. That could be the way. I just don't know what the limited amount of episodes that they do for this show. They, they're really trying to draw people to Disney Plus, picking characters from this very niche pocket of Star Wars content seems like a tough sell. Um, and the two he mentioned would be even further on the list, I think, versus uh, Buriaga or Stellan Geos or Avar Chris or the other mm-hmm. ones that even I know off the top of my head, like, oh, I know yeah. those characters. I could recognize them. Um, so maybe those, if they did it, it'd be more, more of those well-known characters. But I don't think they will. It wouldn't completely surprise me um, based on how Lucasfilm operates with some of the things they do. But I am leaning towards no. Because will the force is tough, man. You got to make a choice. If, if I had to gamble... And and I was told they are going to do one High Republic Jedi. Who do you think it is? It's probably Vernesta Rowe. And the reason that is is because they can tell the stories because they already have of her at a very young age and how she got involved. She was the youngest Jedi Knight to date. Um, oh, I and like that. Then, and then you also have the fact that she is appearing in the Acolyte in live action as well as an adult. Mm-hmm. So you sort of have a little bit of a, hey, like, I don't know what the release order is because Lucasfilm, what are you doing? You still haven't told us when when these shows are even coming out. Like, it's crazy. You're not even going to say spring 2024 for the Acolyte or whatever. But anyway, I don't know what order the shows are coming out. But if they were to do Tales of the Jedi uh, and sort of like a backdoor meet Vernesta Rowe for people who only watch their Star Wars, then they could maybe kind of learn that character as if you were uh, someone who'd been paying attention to the High Republic. And then when we go into Acolyte, both people who did and didn't read this those stories would be able to be like, I know that person. I've seen yeah. that person. I know a little bit about that person because I've seen them when they were young and when they were, you know, um, you know, in their 20s, and, and then I saw them later when they were in their 40s or 50s or whatever it is, however they're going to portray it. So I think that that would be the one character I think they would do it. And also they have the opportunity to <laughs> do like the purple lightsaber that is like the, the whip. She's got like yeah. the lightsaber. And, and also, stuff. you know, when you when you look at who made Tales of the Jedi, you know, you got to keep that in mind too. So created by Dave Filoni, a lot of it was written by Dave Filoni, Kevin Kiner doing the music. Um it just seems like it's not the group. It's not the group. It's not the group. It's not the group. And and I don't know that Filoni's even very well connected to what the High Republic's doing either. So that's another sign that probably not. Um, but it'd be cool. It might be now. Yeah, who knows? It'd be cool. Yeah. You know, it's it, it, it'd be interesting to see. So we'll see. But I'm I'm still saying no. But good, All right. good question, good question, good question. We have another good question. Um, this last one here for Will the Force this week is from Commander Semperfy Danny. Semperfy Danny sent us the question, will there be a new animated series that takes place between the Rise of Skywalker and the new Rey movie? Which is called what? New yes. Jedi Order, right? Knee Jedi Order. Knee Jedi Order. Uh, you uh, say 100% yes, John? 100% yes. It's a, I mean, 
we've gotten comics and books that take place between small gaps. We've, you know, the, the Clone Wars, seven seasons taking place between the three years between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. We have 15 years <laughs> to work with here. I, I think it's a no-brainer that we're going to get some sort of a Ray series or something to fill in, you know, what has happened since. Now it's going to take, it won't come out before the movie comes out, but the movie okay. will come out. <laughs> I was, that's what I was. Zero chance that comes out before the movie because we need, we want the movie, you know, right. uh, the writer, like Stephen, Stephen Knight is not going to be like, uh, can you tell me what you're developing for that animated show so I can write the script for this big major blockbuster movie? No, no, right. that's not how yeah. that works. So the movie's going to come out. We're going to establish where Ray is, what the story is. And then they'll be able to do an animated series at some point that fills in some of the gap in between the 15 years that took so race to that point. You're saying yes, based on eventually. Can you put yes. a time frame on this? Because my gut is no on this. And you're saying I don't need to put a time frame. It's, it's it just the question was, will, will there they be eventually? Yeah, it just says, will there be one? Um, man, do it. it. <laughs> If it's eventually, then probably, but they're real weird and picky about their animated stuff. Um, and I think there's tons of ripe things having to do with, I mean, they've got to do an animated High Republic show. And I think, I almost feel like that is due more than this era. I feel like we're if this does happen, it would be a long ways down the road. Although they're, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna say yes to the eventually, but I don't think it's anytime soon, man. I don't think you can expect this show in the next five years. It'd be that's five fine. years plus. Sure. All right. Yeah. And I think that's even a better answer than me saying yes or no. I think I'm really like narrowing it down to like, I don't think this is happening anytime. That's soon. That's not a better answer. Andy, you're you're giving yourself. A little loop. No. What do you mean? Well, because you're saying like, if they do, it would have to be this. And I'm just saying like, will the force, will it happen? Will it not? There's no time frame in, in place. I'm saying it will. Right. I I guess I'm saying it's a better answer for me to to be specific than to just say like, I don't know, yes and no. You know, <laughs> uh, let me get more detailed with it and say, I don't think it's, ha I think it will happen, but I don't think it will happen in the next five years. I'm putting a five plus on it. Mm -hmm. And that'll wrap up Will the Force. But thanks for sending them in from all of you guys, Derek, Steven, yes. uh, Michael, and Danny. Thank you. All, all commanders. Uh, thank the you. Commanders, yeah, I noticed that too. A lot of the commanders, commanders arrived. Yeah. Thank yeah. you all very much. Uh, and everyone else who sent in questions. Uh, we can only do so many, so keep them coming. It, I I read all of them, and it's tough. I try to do a nice balance if there's one that connects with the topic we're doing for the discussion. But um, thank you, everybody, for your support and for sending those in. It's awesome. Um, all right. and, and we didn't have to write write any, so that was cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, James, let's fire up that discussion. Where's Vader at? Let's go. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. All right. Which Star Wars trilogy had the best lightsaber fighting style? Now, I really didn't think of this with the approach of we want to 
pit one against the other. So I'd like to keep this more of a, we like them all. They're clearly all different. Which one do we think has aged the best or is the best? And what made me think about this is I saw on social media, someone had posted like a video of two fans just like going at it with lightsabers, just like wild ripping lightsabers at each other and doing all these crazy things. And people were saying like, oh, this was so much better than what Disney did with the lightsaber fights. I'm like, mm. no, it isn't. So that was, and again, that's my opinion. But then I started thinking about it and I was thinking about how the original trilogy had a very traditional fencing style of lightsaber fighting um, Mark Hamill said that, you know, the lightsabers were supposed to be too powerful where he had to hold on to it with two hands and that limited them. And then that obviously changed because Vader in Empire started swinging with one hand and maybe he can because he's mechanical, but Hamill was very like saying like, you got to keep two hands on it. Uh, and then you get the prequels. Can I jump in? Oh yeah. Yeah. That was the, that was the thing. I'd never oh, heard that him was say the- that before. Oh really? Yeah. No, yeah. I, I mean, I maybe I maybe I come across it before, but I but it popped in and he said that. And I was like, you know, that's something I never really considered when it comes to the lightsaber battles, because and, and it's also funny too not to call you. But you said fencing. And I'm like, that's the opposite of fencing. Fencing is like one handed only like they're they're stabbing just like this. Yeah, you're right, actually. And, you know what made and me then because it felt like they were in the in the filming of it it almost felt like when they were practicing, they were using like the fencing swords. Yeah, they might have been, but then like, and you, you actually go to the, the scenes that are in the movie and they're fighting very like medieval style. Yeah. They're holding it like a broadsword. Yeah, you're right. Like, yeah. Hitting like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I, I, you know, with that, that popped up, he says that and he says, I have to hold it with two hands because there was this explanation of the, like the time, this is how you hold this weapon and all that. And I was like, man, they've really not like abandoned that in a good way, but like, that's not really the case anymore. They, they throw the weapons around in George Lucas's star Wars as well, not just in Disney's, but they, they, they throw it around. They kind of just toss it around and they use one hand all the time. Yeah. And I was like, man, so there is definitely something when you're looking at like how Vader and Obi-Wan were fighting in a new hope and then Luke versus Vader and the subsequent movies, like it really does feel a lot different than what they did probably more than any of the other two's like, um, uh, the prequels and then the sequels. But what's interesting is uh, do, did they not, where did we hear that they were like, we're sort of meshing the two together. Was that Hayden Christensen when in re- in reference to Obi Wan Kenobi? I don't. Or was recall. that Ewan McGregor? Somebody said we're sort like they they were like, are you using more of the prequel? That might have been that. Fighting? Yeah, it might have been Obi. Or are you using more of the original trilogy? And the answer was sort of like, well, we're doing both. Yeah, I believe it, might, it, it was for been. like Obi Wan Kenobi. It could have been Hayden Christensen for that. Um, the funny thing about the prequels is, you know me, and it's probably one of my hottest Star Wars takes. I'm not a big fan of the Revenge of the Sith duel between Vader and Obi-Wan, or, Mm -hmm. you know, if you want to call it Obi-Wan, Anakin, whatever. Um, one, because there's hardly any dialogue and the dialogue that there is was done in reshoots because Lucas probably watched the first cut and he's like, they don't talk to each other. (laughs) 
<laughs> you stink. Because when you, I see, only stink because you taught me to stink. Yeah. Aside <laughs> from the, yeah. yeah. Aside from the very end when I have the high ground and Anakin falls yeah. into the coals and stuff, but you'll see if you really pay attention when they're floating on those little pods above the lava, you can tell that it's reshoot beard and eyebrows. Obi Wan Kenobi. There's I never a big difference. that. Yeah, did, you, did you see pointed when I sh- it out in our commentaries and stuff, and I'm like, "Did you ever see my side by side when I posted the two photos?" I think so, and it's like, oh, it's sh- like, yeah, oh. if if it's like a thing you look for, and you're like, ah, there it is, it's you there, see it. it's there. But like, so if you're not looking for it, I think they did a fine job. I'm not saying they didn't do a fine job. <laughs> my, point, my point is, to me, it's clear that yeah. they went back in that they add some dialogue to make the scene more emotional. Uh, so my point is with that one, I wasn't that big of a fan. Um, I don't like the like over choreographed, like almost felt like it was a, um, star Wars ice capades element to that stuff. And even one of the coolest moves in one of the coolest lightsaber duels in star Wars history, which is Obi-Wan versus Darth Maul after Qui-Gon dies when the red doors open. That's one of the coolest quick sequences of lightsaber fighting I've ever seen. But almost every time there's a stalemate and they both pause or when Darth Maul does his like sideways twirl, he puts his hand out like like this, like like Brian Boitano landing a triple axel at the you know 92 Olympic Games. It, it feels like a, a figure skater. So that stuff, I'm like, ah, oh, it's cool, but... Is that then I what take, would Brian Bortano do? I know. <laughs> <Is> that, that guy? <laughs> but so then I look at the original trilogy and it's like, all right, the first one you got to give it a pass because it's two old guys and they didn't really have a lot of resources to beef those up. And it's clang, 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 left, right, left, right. We'll mm-hmm. twirl our bodies once in a while and stuff. But then Empire and Jedi, it's more of this um, emotional fight because it really is this father and son. And, you know, maybe deep down they're not trying to kill each other. Um, and there's, there's, there, those two lightsaber fights are hard to criticize because of the emotional weight of the story, but they're still cool in their own right because of what they mean to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the sequel trilogy, which get ready for another hot take. I think is, I think they perfected it. I think in the sequel trilogy, especially the Death Star fight in the Rise of Skywalker, to me, from a fighting perspective, felt like I was watching a fight. I, it felt raw. It felt heated. It felt emotional. Ray cramp, like, like her hand cramping, like the stopping of the blades. They're tired. They're labored. They're just at, by the end, they're just trying to take like shots at each other. The, the atmosphere. I, I really thought JJ. And even Ryan with the throne room, even though they, they weren't fighting each other, I thought the sequel trilogy did the perfect job. You want to talk about blending? Um, I mean, we're, we could talk about the shows, I guess, and like Obi-Wan. But in terms of the trilogies and the movies, I know people are going to hate this opinion. I really do think the sequel trilogy perfected the style of filming lightsaber fighting. Um, I, 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 and I, again, I, I know there's going to be a lot of criticism of that. And I know that they had the most resources because it's the most recent so you have that um but i i really find that to be just the perfect balance of 
intricacies, but also the intimacy of the fight. And I think that JJ captured that really, really well in both TFA in the forest um, and also on the wreck to the Death Star. And you could say the throne room. And if you want even the, the, the weirdness and mystery behind um, the fight between fight between Luke and Kylo on, on crate. Um, so they're all different and I love them all for different reasons. And I understand why each one exists the way they do. You know, the Jedi were at their heights and during the prequels, of course, they're going to uh, have the more eloquent style and polished style of fighting. Uh, the original trilogy was very raw for a lot of reasons. One, just from the honest aspect of it was old school filmmaking. There wasn't a lot of fancy stunt work or wires or anything like that. But also, a lot of those fights were very personal. Very personal. Um, and then you have the sequel trilogy where um, they had every resource possible, but it was also sort of personal. Um, and I just think they got it right. Now, people are going to say, well, like, oh, how was Anakin and Obi-Wan not a personal fight? It was, but it wasn't it. it to me, it I don't think Lucas did as good of a job mm. as he could have. That should have been the most gut-wrenching, tears pouring out of my eyes fight the whole time, not just at the very end. It's and to tough, me, though, fight, too, because you're not common felt- in that opinion. Is like a lot of people be like, it is. I know. You know? I know. Yeah. But, but, but like when I'm sitting there and they're both doing the same twirl at each other and the hand at each other and people would be like, John, you're an idiot. It's because they're both so powerful in the force and they're so, they know each other so well that they're stopping each other. It's like, I know that, but it still looks kind of stupid. Um, <laughs> so I, I just, I, and I, I do like that we got all different versions of lightsaber fighting, but. I'll toss it back to you because I put out a couple of hot takes out there and that's okay. Yeah. You know, this is, this is tough because when I first started this question, I was looking at the three and then I started thinking like, well, there are the TV shows and, and, and I, I sort of have my own hot take and you, this may bring back a memory or not, but we had a star Wars war a long time ago and it was the, what's the best star Wars lightsaber duel. And do you remember my pick? Was for the worst, best. Uh, I wait. Hang on. I I will know this. I will know this. He'll know this. You said the best lightsaber duel was Yoda. No, Yoda versus Dooku. No, damn. Uh, it's Darth Maul versus Gar Saxon in the Clone Wars. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. It that that to me, and since then, since we've had that battle, uh, I sort of I want to go back and revisit Darth Maul versus Ahsoka in the Clone Wars, which was even super praised because they brought in you know Ray Park to do the the stop motion and they they or not the stop motion the um the motion tracking and everything for the the battle and they actually like recorded these battles in the real space and got them and and brought them to screen and they have like all the behind the scenes of how they made it happen and he specialized all these moves and he talks about why he did the moves and everything and it's like it's such a cool fight the Darth Maul versus Ahsoka it's like I almost feel like if there is an argument to be made about the perfection of the the 
the fight itself and why things are being done, I feel like Dave Filoni is probably doing it better than anybody as, as far as the why. Because when you're looking at the movies, I feel like there's still this blanket of, we just want to make it cool. We just want to make it look like exciting and interesting. And George oh, Lucas I, I disagree that. with that. I disagree with that. I, I'm not saying that there isn't like they, they're not they're not thinking through the fights because obviously they are. But what I'm saying is like I th- I actually think that when it comes to the animation of a lot of these, they they sit there and they like really tweak them. They're like going through and like I don't know. I, it's not that the stunt coordinators aren't doing this. I I guess. I guess my mind just can't really wrap around like when I see some of the stuff happen in animation that is in a way it's supposed to be what we get out of the prequels, but it just doesn't maybe look right when we're seeing a live action version of it because you like you see somebody like jump up. It doesn't always look right because humans aren't supposed to do that. So like we accept it and we see that the person is jumping very high or they're doing a flip or they're on cables or something along those lines. But like animation can do something that's so smooth and perfect and and the way they can animate the characters themselves, their bodies, it actually just makes everything look so perfect that it it is like this perfect battle. And so I think my hottest take is that animation probably has the best lightsaber fights in star wars but when it comes to live action i th- i on it i think you're right i think that the sequels perfected it but i think what they took from the prequels uh sorry did i say sequels i, I mean to say sequels did it the best yeah yeah, yeah. Um, what they took from the prequels and what they took from the original trilogy um, benefited in something that that was was better than the two of them. But f- for the reasons that they are, they don't. <laughs> the reasons that the original trilogy fight is good, uh, the sequels don't do as well. But I think an overall thing, they do it better. Does that make sense? Like the high points of the fights in the original trilogy and the high points in the fights in the prequels, uh, they decided to really accentuate this aspect of the fight and the sequels didn't do that. They pulled like a medium of of both and the, the sum ends up being better, but the high points aren't as high. Does it's that make also, sense? Yeah, it does. Thing to say. It but and it's also hard to because if you were to judge the fights just as fights fairly, you would have to erase the characters and replace them with just this like green bodies and just mm-hmm. be like, this person's fighting this person. Cause like it's so difficult to sell like Ray versus Kylo Ren on the Death Star wreckage on Kef Beer is a better lightsaber fight than Darth Vader versus Luke Skywalker on Bespin. People would be mm-hmm. like, you are insane. Because but you're bringing in all this nostalgia and the, history, the stories and the history and everything. The power of the characters, the yeah. connection of those two. And that is all part of it too. Um, but 
this for the purpose of this conversation, the main focus is on really the the combat and the fighting. You know, we could talk all day about how, yeah, but Vader reaching out to Luke and then revealing who he is and, you know, he cut his hand off instead of cutting his head off because he's his son. Like, we can go through all that. We all we all know all that. But I will stand here and, and say from just the fights themselves, the physical fights, I really think they nailed it with that Death Star fight. So I'm excited to see what they do going forward because that was, you know... Aside from Obi-Wan Kenobi, the series, that's the last one that stands out of my mind is that Death Star Wreckage duel. And I think they really nailed it with that one. And I can't even imagine what they're going to be able to do with the next one. And, you know, that's uh, Charmino obeyed Chinoy's responsibility now to to see what she's going to bring to the table directing that. Um, and what, you like, know, what Steve, is Ray's Knight, Scott, right? Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, what is Ray's fighting style once she's had 15 years to actually work on it? Whereas right now she's like, I'm pretty proficient with a staff, but every time I pick up a saber, I feel like I'm just kind of swinging and, it. And she gets does, better as it goes on. But And we haven't seen her fight with her reformed staff into her new lightsaber either. Yeah, it's she been may- one, one year since the first time she's ever hold, held a lightsaber. Now we're going mean? 16 years. Well, I'm saying she we have we saw her ignite that new lightsaber. But we never saw her fight with it. Yeah, what I mean to say is the furthest we've seen her story go. Oh, right. Lightsaber yeah, yeah. Is yeah. one year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because these movies are back to back and then there's yeah. this one. Yeah. And so that's one year after she's picked up a lightsaber for the first time. And now we're getting ready to jump to 16 years after she picked up a lightsaber for the first time. I hope we see like some, something done with a, a standard lightsaber that like she has, you know, single blade uh, that we're like, whoa, like, like visions type stuff, you know, the stuff that we're, they were all doing visions, you know, but getting back to it, because I want to make sure I, I paint the picture that I, I love Qui-Gon, Obi-Wan, Maul. I love that fight. I think the Dooku, Anakin stuff, uh, um, while brief in Attack of the Clones, was very compelling. Um, I liked how Anakin um, resurfaces in Revenge of the Sith and knows how to defeat Dooku this time. And I like that progression and that fight is quick as well. Um, didn't, what about I the didn't, Dooku Yoda? I liked it when I, when I was younger and now I feel like it's... I can, I'll take it and I'll enjoy it, but it's not one of my favorites. Um, the the even one thing Pal- I will, Palpatine Yoda, like I get a little bored with it sometimes. It should be yeah. like this epic thing, but sometimes I'm like, all right, because I, because I think the Yoda thing, like, so they bring in Yoda for Attack of the Clones, and the reason that fight is cool is because we're seeing and me going back to my point, I think there's an animated fluidity that's happening with Yoda where he's like, Oh, Oh, watch this. And he's doing this thing where he's spinning all around and it's like, Whoa, this is really cool and smooth and looks really good. I'm, you know, he's surprising me right now with how fluid all of his motions are. And it looks really good. That's because it's animated. But the, but the other, other side of that battle is Dooku who 
is not even thinking about Yoda. I'm assuming <laughs> I'm assuming they they filmed that and he was just like he knew the poses. So he was like, I'm going here and here and here and here and here and here. And he's like spinning around or whatever. Yeah. And and th all they're doing is they're going in and they're like, well, let's have Yoda jump this way and then he'll block that attack and then he'll come over here, hit him over when he's overhead and then come down. And they kind of have one person being like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then another person being like, I will pick up all of the slack that you're giving out to make this fight, you know, a, a 50 again between your zero and my 100. I, you know, it'll, it'll even out. Then I think the Palpatine thing is like, it's not even really a lightsaber fight. Yeah. They clack lightsabers a couple times, but for the most part, they're like, you know yeah. like force stuff back and forth and i'm like I threw the senate at him cool <laughs> yeah. yeah he yeah. didn't throw himself <laughs> yeah right <laughs> no did you ever see that robot chicken yeah 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 um but, but yeah i i agree i i agree um the yoda thing again you talk about nostalgia with vader i i think i was 19 19 when attack of the clones came out and I remember being in the theater and I, I was with my dad, actually. I remember taking my dad to see it. And he likes Star Wars, but he's not a huge fan. And when that happened, I was like yelling, holy sh in the theater. And I was like, oh, I shouldn't say that. There's kids here. But I was like flipping out. Oh, I shouldn't have just like, said it now on our podcast. podcast. Listen, Yeah, I shouldn't have just said it now on our podcast. Now you gotta bleep that out. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I like lost my mind and that will always stay with me. So that that's a part of that. But I don't know. I, I enjoy everything that the prequels did for the fighting style because it was new to us and we were all pretty wowed by it, especially Ray Park leading the charge. I think he really pushed the envelope in, in allowing George Lucas to do what he could. Now, that's also George Lucas finding someone to do what he wanted people to do as well. But seeing Ray Park do the things he could do upped the ante for the other actors because then, you know, Ewan McGregor and... Um, Liam Neeson had to step up their game, but also don't forget what, as much as I don't love the fight, the amount of footage we see of practice that Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor put in to doing that final Revenge of the Sith battle, which is the probably the longest like lightsaber duel, uh, you know, accidentally cracking each other on the knuckles and everything that went in with it, just the sweat, the blood, the tears, all those cliches. You got to respect that. So I want to make sure that's that's clear. Um, so I still have an appreciation for all of it. I love all of it. It's just interesting to see how it evolved over time. And I think they really found that perfect mix now. And I think going forward, they can go off of springboard off of this and maybe take it to the next level. But I don't want it to go back to these heavily choreographed 5,000 moves type of thing that for some reason that doesn't I don't that doesn't interest me like it's just like blur it's blur to me I like moments like the reason why I like baseball it's like baseball has its pulse and then it's heightened by these big gigantic climactic moments especially like playoff baseball that's what i that's how i like those uh, star wars lightsaber duels it's like i like remembering those big moments throughout this fleshed out scene if the whole time they're flipping around and and you know matching their moves like like uh 
luchador pro wrestlers do and then they both land in the mm-hmm. same pose in the middle of the ring i i don't know i don't know if that's the way and i think maybe lucas pushed that to the limit like he did with a lot of things and maybe they realized they had to pull it back a little so maybe to your point feloni being the you know understudy or the heir to george lucas saw the great things that george did to create lightsaber duels and then what he did in the prequels to take them to the new level and showing Jedi at their heights and then said, how do I put all these ingredients into the bowl, mix it up and make just like the best stew I possibly can. And you're right. You know, we we're talking about the trilogies, but I think they did a really good job on Ahsoka of capturing the feel of the original trilogy yeah. uh, dialogue and exchange. Um, some of the cool moves peppered in from prequels but then also what the sequels did with rounding it out and and uh, added maybe another level of um, grounded nature to it. Um, can I make a slight correction? Yes. Because <laughs> the whole time... I, I saw like, you typing remember? something. I'm like, what is he doing over I was there? Like, Dude, I just was not sitting with me right. And I'm like, I don't think it was uh, Gar Saxon. I'm like that the character doesn't line up. When when would that be? What fight is this? And so I was like it's not sitting with me and he didn't seem to recognize it either. So I started googling around and I'm like I I see Gar Saxon fighting but like this is all Clone Wars season 7. I'm like this it must not be that character. So I looked into it a little further and I'm like no, it was Previsla. Yeah, I knew it was the Pre-Vizla. fight. Yeah. yeah. I knew the fight but I was like I couldn't think of who it was and I was thinking it was Gar Saxon, but no, it's pre Vizsla and it's after he kills um, Satine and all that. And then like, yeah. they, they, they do this whole thing. Yeah, does no, he beat him? Uh, oh man, it's been so long since I've watched this. I just remember the jetpack, the dart saber, he's using blasters and flamethrowers and stuff. It's a, and it's all so choreographed so well, but I'm like, I don't know. It's been so long. I was trying to, I was like, <laughs> I only thought about it as we were recording the episode. I was like, actually my favorite lightsaber battles, I think are in animation. Yeah. I said that once. Yeah. So anyway, I need to go back and revisit some of these. It's been too long since I've watched them, but um, yeah, I think it was this fight between Darth Maul and pre Vizsla, which was uh, really well done in my opinion. But um, yeah, I think, I think you're right that the I think what we've gotten down to and what I was sort of trying to say earlier is that like I feel like um in a weird way like it's not it it, it might not sound like this is a good thing but like I think what we got out of the original trilogy was like cherry and it was like yeah man that is some strong cherry and then like we got the prequels and it was like grape <laughs> and it was just like it was so grape there was no not graping you know it was just it was very strong in what it was trying to do and then we've we've sort of found now that like there's enough styles of lightsaber fights out there between um like animated stuff and things that we've like sort of imagined because of comic books that we've read. And then there's all the live action stuff. Now there's even TV shows that the the way we're moving forward with lightsaber fights is sort of like 
we're figuring it out. We're like, oh, this is kiwi strawberry. You know, it's like, it's <laughs> not quite a strong flavor leaning left or right. It's just like, we're kind of taking some of the elements that we liked from this and some of the elements that we like from that. And we're putting them together in this new thing that it's like, whoa, that whole thing worked really well. Um, We've had time to sort of establish, like even going back to that original trilogy, you mentioned it earlier, like you have to sort of back away from the fact that they didn't know that, you know, what even a lightsaber fight looks like. So at times you have Obi-Wan and Darth Maul are just like, or I'm sorry, <clears throat> Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. They're just kind of like clacking no, lightsabers. No, no. Like, it, it was Obi-Wan and Gar Saxon. It was? <laughs> okay. I'm like, what? <laughs> no, All right. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Darth Maul, that term probably even runs off of my tongue more than Darth Vader now. Isn't that kind of crazy? I, I think I say Darth the name Darth Dude, Maul he, he, more often than I say Darth Vader. I, I, I don't know how I missed you saying that either before. I mean, I know you just like threw it in there quick, but yeah, he does behead him. And I think they may have yeah. cu cut that in some iterations um, because because I just looked it up quick, like Bo-Katan witnesses it um, like it's it's like this big deal and yeah, and I know we were focusing on on the movies as far as the trilogies because it's just all these different eras, and like 1970s and 80s and then 90s, 2000s, and now 20-teens and 2020s. But um, yeah, I mean, you got to definitely give credit to those as well because, um, you know, animation's very difficult. But um, I mean, I think that as far as like the beheading and like the shock value of it, yeah, it's like in the cartoon. So maybe that adds like this kid element to it. But at the same time, I mean, like you're looking at, well, George already beheaded a few characters. You know what I mean? Django like, Fett. Like, yeah. Or um, uh, Darth Tyrannus, you know, like, uh, like Anakin's like whoosh, <laughs> right off of the head. Right after right cutting off. his hands off. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I think like what has happened now is a sort of lightsaber fusion uh, that I think we're sort of saying like, hey, you know, like I don't really like American food. I don't really like Mexican food, but Tex-Mex <laughs> lands very well in my book. And I think it's just we're getting to a point where lightsaber battles just continue to get better because we're learning all the lessons of what didn't work and now what can work. And we're also just as we grow, like as a society, like it, it's sort of one of these things where um, we now have like lots and lots and lots of media to go off of. So it's like before it might be like George Lucas pulling from old Japanese films, samurai yeah, films oh, and yeah, things sure. like that. Now it's like somebody could literally just be like, yo, that lights or that sword fight in Game of Thrones was amazing. And here's the reason it was amazing is because the, the way they shot it, you know, or the way that the the movement, you know, so it's like we have this new inspiration of how things can work. And I'm sure Game of Thrones or other shows are probably also pulling from Star Wars. So it's like this big collaboration that has landed in this thing. But when when we if if it were possible to somehow like, you know, blanket out all the faces and nobody knows anything about star Wars and you put all of the fights and you remake them in unreal engine or something like that. And you show them to a group of people well, who've never seen before, any of them. Florida, yeah. yeah. And just, yeah, exactly. And just purely be like, rank these 
for the um, the the cinematography and the core coordination of how the uh, what am I looking for choreography. Uh, chore- choreography of how these people are moving back and forth and how how the fights actually rank. I don't see a world where like the later the later battles aren't like more visually entertaining. Just as like wow, those two people are really going at it. Whereas in the other ones, it doesn't. It seems more based on wow, this is the epic showdown between blank and blank. Yeah. Right? And right. I think George relied too much on that of like, oh, this is the epic showdown between Palpatine and Yoda. But it's like, you can't just have that. You have to have the the action with it. And I think now the, the sequels and other things have said, okay, well, if we're going to have an epic showdown between Kylo Ren and Rey, it's got to look like this, you know, or if we're going to have them team up, then it's got to look like this, this thing we saw from this other show, you know, and it sort of emulates that type of a fight. Yeah. I, if we're doing this thing now where, you know, anyone can use the force if they train, (laughs) you know, if they train hard enough and, you know, people say that was always George Lucas's thought, um, which, you know, whatever, either way, I don't care. That's it's all good. <laughs> I I would like the idea of what they've I feel like they've been doing, which is reeling it in a bit in terms of how easy it is to wield a lightsaber. Um so I well, almost Mandalorian's like, covering that. Yeah, I almost like yes, absolutely. With the Darksaber. Um he clearly struggled with it and Bokatan did not. Um, Rebels and, also did it very similarly too, where she said it's very heavy, and he says it gets lighter the more you learn how to use it, and all mm-hmm. that. So Rebels talked about that stuff as well. Not not to to bring your point down because I think you're right. It does feel yeah. like Finn's like, oh look at me, yeah, he you just know? like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I I think I would like the idea of maybe you know like seeing Ray get like tired like she did on the Death Star, or seeing somebody like have the lightsaber in one hand and then like it like almost like losing like control. Not that the lightsaber is like moving on its own, but like, Oh man, this thing is like way too powerful for me to wield and have to get a second hand on it or something. And I, I like the idea that we can also get into lightsaber moves that aren't like necessarily common, like the whole, like when you stick it up to somebody and then turn it on or sort of thing. Like if you bring in like the Jackie Chan uh, mentality of like, how can I use this and not a typical way we've seen mm-hmm. it, but maybe not too flashy, just in like a fun, new and interesting way um, I would use that brings to, uh, the fighting style to um, this weapon. You I know? would use it to melt the snow in my driveway. <laughs> yeah. Do you have snow in your driveway? We're not there yet. I had a little bit today. A bit. My car actually had snow on it. Like, it's funny. Like when I woke up this morning, I felt like a kid. I was like, oh my God, is this snowing? <laughs> it's, like, it's January and the, we've had such little snow the past two years. I'm like, oh my God, it's snowing. <laughs> um, so John, I, kn- I know you'll appreciate this. I think I can wrap up my thoughts on lightsaber duels in Star Wars uh, by using the... Uh, my my mentor Barney Stinson, new is always better. <laughs> <laughs> I do like Barney Stinson. I'm due for a rewatch on that. Uh, How I Met mm-hmm. Your Mother, but and they, that, I mean, that show has plenty of Star Wars references. We never we never talked about How I Met Your Father. And I your still thoughts have to catch on up. This. I got to catch done. up. On that. 
You know oh, that, that, right? It's over? You just, you're just now finding out. This is live on air. They canceled it. Oh. So the show, the show ends on a, a on a uh, on a cliffhanger, and it's done. They they're gonna do a movie it. then, probably or something. They got to finish nope. it. They canceled it because it's bad. It was like bad ratings. Like people, they were just like, "This isn't gonna." It was writer strike. Oh yeah, that's a shame. Well, I mean, yeah, it, and they were just yeah. like, "It's done. We're not doing it anymore." So the show's canceled, and it left on a cliffhanger, and the, and the cast was like talking about. Oh, well, it's good that the show ended up here because now we know. And it's like, no, we don't. You are backpedaling hard. You set it up just like any other season of How I Met Your Mother. But How I Met Your Mother knew where they were going and they finished. And this show was like setting up and then didn't finish. It just got canceled. So that's it. Well, have fun. Let's hope hope, (laughs) hope that doesn't happen to Ahsoka. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we need more of that. Um, but anyway, yeah, to, to close my thoughts on it, um, I love it all. I'm glad we have different styles of fighting to watch in Star Wars, and I think they're all great. I don't necessarily think one's better than the other. I like some better than others, um, but I like the direction they're going in recently, which makes me uh, feel good about the future, which is cool. Because if it was the other way around and it was like the best fighting happened 50 years ago and now it's like something i don't really vibe with i'd be like oh man i don't know but i think they're really getting it right in a lot of ways between abrams uh feloni and uh everything else that's going on and the dark saber was really cool to see in live action we can get more into that if we um get into the lightsaber duels beyond uh the movies but i thought it was a cool chat um i feel like we scratched the surface but at this point, I feel like I'm just talking in circles if I keep going. But yeah. I hope people enjoyed the chat about the lightsaber fighting styles because they really are all different, but they're all cool in their own way. Um, so thank you to everybody for listening and watching. Being a part of TRB means a lot to us. Thank you so much. Uh, like we said before, make sure you're subscribed. Tell your friends who like Star Wars because there's a lot of Star Wars coming. Four shows this year movies on the way potentially movie filming this year so we'll have a lot to talk about and we're very excited about 2024 podcasting about star wars uh in addition to listening watching definitely check out the patreon uh we appreciate it the support means more than you know uh so if you've been supporting us for a long time thank you so much for being with us if you just joined our patreon welcome hope you're enjoying it a lot of cool stuff on the way and if you've been thinking about it, it, might be the time. Maybe grandma gave you a little check for Christmas and you're like, TRB, <laughs> that may be the way to go. Either way, check it out. Patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Uh, special thank you to the generals and spice runners. Uh, big time. Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Nick Kratz, Chris Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Brendan McLaughlin, Sneaky Zebra, Colin Cormier, Diana, and Dave Hornack. And the Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Andrew Staley, Jeremy Myers, and the Fort Worthian. And everybody who supports us on Patreon, uh, thank you so much. For me, Johnny Hoey on social media and my movie podcast, Just Like the Movies, planning to put out an episode tomorrow on High Fidelity. That's the goal. Got to get a a a John Cusack movie in the mix. Um, James, how about you? Where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, both at Myra Trunks. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, tomorrow, 
Tuesday, that is, it depends on when you're listening, Tuesday um, is when our Patreon poll chat is released where I ate the uh, Hot Ones salsa. It's not super exciting, but yeah, I did pop it in before we started the poll chat and then uh, managed to make my way through the rest of the poll chat. You survived. Well done. So if you want to check that out, it's Patreon only, but it's there, me In the poll chat. Yeah. The last dab. Very good. Um, And then Lacey at Lacey Gillerin. Check her out on social media. And we will be back with you Thursday night for TRB Live as always. So have a wonderful week. Stay warm. Hope you're all well. And we'll see you next time right here on TRB. See you around, kids.